Hello and welcome to Eavesdropping at the Movies. I'm Mike. And I'm Jose. And today we're talking about O Fantasma. Yes. Which is Portuguese. Yes. Uh, in English the title would be The Phantom or The Ghost. Yes, though, you know, I'm not quite sure I agree with those translations. I mean, I think literally, yes. But I think it also means like fantasies, desires, yeah, like okay. it, it has that kind of a connotation to me anyway. I mean, you know. I'm a Spanish speaker, and I grew up with Portuguese people, so I can understand, you know, the language very well, you know, but I'm not kind of so fluent in it that I could translate these terms uh, specifically, but, you know, it just has those, con- yeah, it has those connotations of desires and fantasy, and, you know, in, in so many ways, that's what the film is about, so. Yeah. So, uh, the film is from the year 2000, nearly yeah. 20 years old now. I know, and actually, that's something that made me think, because, you know, it's one of those films that um, I've been meaning to see forever. It never came my way. I mean, you know, gay cinema is, at least, you know, in my own head, is one of my specialisms. I try to keep up. I try to kind of see whatever is, is out there. Mm. And this is one of those films that you heard about and that people had talked to you about as something I should see. But actually, I've never had the opportunity until now where... We just saw it on movie, right? So, so, but also I wonder what, what took me so long? Why didn't I, you know, order the DVD or something, right? Like, mm. it's kind of, it's, it's really shocking that it's 20 years old. I thought it was more like, you know, from four <laughs> or five years ago or something, right? Yeah, well, I mean, films, films from that long ago feel like they're still from yesterday, though, in a way. Because after this, we're going to go and see The Matrix, yes. which has got this 4K restoration. And I was saying to you before how... It, I'm 30 years old and so this is a film that I saw when I was a kid The Matrix and yes. it's weird to me that I'm now old enough for a film that I saw when I was a kid to have a restoration yes you my know? god you know well that's 20 years old yes uh, so, you'll, you'll be used to that you'll be more and more used to that sensation yeah, yeah. as time goes on <laughs> um, it's uh, as I said it's Portuguese it's directed by João Pedro Rodriguez yes and written by uh, Alexandre Melo and Jose Neves yes I'm very curious to know what you think about it I mean I you know just my cards up front I think it's absolutely great and I will tell you why I but didn't think it was absolutely great I, I found it fairly unfocused and I and I, I suppose I sh- I suppose I um, can't be too critical of it in that respect because the clues in the title that this guy is kind of He's, he, he's, he lives sort of... He flips in and out of life. That's how that, the film kind of works as, as one of those films as a series of like moments and scenes yes. that aren't... They're not vignettes, right? There is a plot and there is a story, but it's not heavily plot-driven. It's about the atmosphere of yes. what's happening and the feeling of Very much happening. so. But um, that's not a fault. No, it's not a fault. I'm going to say, like, this is... This is I should... It's... It's harsh for me to criticise it for that, but it did feel unfocused to me. I wish I would have liked. I wanted more definition of the character's context and background. You know, so he's the main character is um, played by Ricardo Menezes and he's called uh, Sergio, and he's young. Sergio. Yeah, well, according to the Wikipedia page. Okay. I don't think I'm. It's possible they don't actually name him in the film. Yeah. Okay. There's not a lot Uh, of. um, It's not. It's not. It's not that talky. Right. Um, so maybe no one actually calls him by name, but okay. Yeah. Anyway, um, he's young. Uh, he's um, he's, he's sort extremely of mid- handsome. Mid- yeah, <laughs> good-looking kid. Uh, he's a um, garbage collector, mm. d- doing like a like night shifts and early morning shifts, going around the city, Lisbon, picking up trash. Uh, and he's also 
um, gay. Um, I think he, he seems to be kind of... I don't think it's like a crisis of sexuality. He's not discovering himself. He seems to be very sure about who he is early on, I think. Yes, though we're not sure. Mm. Uh, exactly at the beginning. Um, so, first of all, I think the film has the feeling of a kind of a feverish sex dream. It's it's like a, you know, it's like a reverie, you know. It's kind of, you know, it made me think of those times, you know, when I was younger, you know, and all of a sudden you get horny and you're up for sex and like, yeah, and it's kind of like in a way, like all bets are off. Yeah, it, it's kind of like, a, you know, a, a, a sexual space that's a kind of, you know, almost like a dream space, yeah, but it's like a, a, a sexual space, and sometimes one in which you find yourself doing crazy things, right, and kind of the film is full of imagery like that, of, you know, this guy, um, not out of control, but just in a different sphere, so for example, that incredible shot where, you know, he just takes his clothes off in a public pool, he goes into a public pool when it's closed, he takes off his clothes off, and he gets on the line, and kind of, you know, just abandons himself, right? It's kind of, you know, so it's, it's almost like a feeling of just horniness, of being up for it, but having no one with which to do anything with, right? Mm. And putting himself in all kinds of, like, you know, dangerous situations, yeah? Uh, you know, as a means of, like, finding that kind of release, you know, that he's looking for. So I think if you see the film that way, it kind of makes a different kind of sense, you know, because the film, mm. I think, is all, is all up that, like, this guy is just, it's horny, he's horny, he's up, he's up for it. The film also has a kind of, um, it has a whole thing about dogs, right? Yeah. Yeah, and so there are dogs all over the film. The film begins with this image of this guy handcuffed and getting fucked by a guy in a rubber suit, whom you don't know who it is at that point, but also with the, with the suit open at the crack of his ass. Yeah, which is kind of like a weird image because on the one hand, you know, he's fucking the guy, which implies kind of one thing, and the guy is handcuffed, which also implies something, the guy he's fucking. And yet, on the other hand, his, his ass is open for business. <laughs> like, you know, So it's kind of like a very intriguing image. And there's a Doberman at the door yeah. pawing away, right? So that kind of, you know, I suppose the beauty of that animal, but also the dangerousness of it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, and with that weird kind of disjunctive, slightly mechanical music, yeah? I think there's a whole thing to be done on the sound in this film, really, yeah? Because, you know, so, so in that first image, you hear, like, the sound of the city, of planes, of clanking, it's slightly electronic and mechanical and distorted, mm. right? Which I think kind of sets a tone for the film. And then the whole thing about dogs, right? So, you know, so... so you know they're they're sniffing each other. He he's licking. He's yeah. He's he's right at the start. He has a dog, and right at the start, he feeds the dog. He gives the dog a bone, and he gets down on his hands and knees with the dog. Yes, and starts kind of behaving like a dog. And then the girl comes in. This girl, um, Fatima, yes. who kind of famishes for him, um, and then he. I don't know exactly what happens, but he ends up sort of licking her hand and on the floor whimpering. Yeah, like a dog. Yeah, you know, and he's he. There's there's something you know very animalistic about him. He he kind of I think seems to see the world or behave, interact with the world through, um, simple desires and and kind of interpreting 
the way he sees what people want, the way he behaves with them, is all very simple and kind of animalistic, and it's down with it seems to be related to base desire. Yes, it's very base, uh, and it's very significant that it's a dog that's yeah, he, you know, he he is shown to have affinities with and so on, because there's an expression in Spanish, and I think it's the same in Portuguese, you know, when somebody who's um, who, who responds to their sexuality, who's kind of, you know, they call them, uh, especially gay men do this, which means like, it's not a whore and it's not a bitch, but it's just someone who does what they want with their body, right? Like who behaves like an animal. Yeah, like, mm. a, like a bitch in heat, right? Like, yeah, yeah. And, kind of, and, and there is like an, an element in this film, like this guy's like a bitch in heat, right? Yeah. You know? Uh, and 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 not knowing what to do with himself, yeah, like kind of, you know, uh, and kind of. Um, but he allows himself to respond to all his desires. He doesn't he, ever stop himself yeah, from doing anything. That's right. He's got no filter, and he's got no fear. Yeah, yeah, which I think is quite extraordinary to see in the film. He's absolutely got no fear, uh, right? So you know, he meets everybody's glance, including the policeman when they, yeah, when those guys come to him. Mm. I thought. You know, there's a kind of a fearlessness that it kind of indicates also a dare. Like, where is this going? I'm not afraid of you, and this could get sexual if you wanted to, right? Which I, mm. which I think is almost like quite extraordinary for me to see. But the scene right at the start where they, he, he's walking his dog and they come across this car, and in the back he notices there's this cop that's tied up. Yes. But you don't know why this cop's there, I don't think. It's, it's, not, it's completely free of context. This that's cop right. Is in, the back of, in the back seat of a car, yeah. having been tied up in gags. There's things that gang, happen like, in um, the city at night. <laughs> yeah, um, and then, and and you, I guess you know you think he would maybe try and help or ask the guy what happened or something. But what he does is start. He puts his hands all over his body and then starts jerking him off. Yes, I think there's something in that about like um, cops being to the gay community the, the, some of the worst antagonists. You know, you talk mm. about kind of coming here in the it, it, to Coventry. 30 years ago and how cops would come into pubs no that was in Montreal oh was that in Montreal so yeah, cops uh, would come into clubs just to intimidate you yeah you know and the idea of that kind of being turned on its head here that the cop is already bound in gags and this guy can do what he likes to him. Mm, but that's doubled because you know I think one of the things about oppressed minorities in general but particularly sexual ones like gay men is that there's also a fetishization of the oppressor so you know the cop figure uh you know, was a real kind of oppressor. But on the other hand, you know, but it's turned by Tom of Finland into a kind of a fetish sexual figure, right? Mm. So you, you have that in this film as well. Yeah. yeah that kind yeah. of, you know, uh, uh, all of the f- figures of authority become also potently sexualized. There's, there seems to be something very defiant about that to me. Yes. And I think actually, I mean, you, you said halfway through, I didn't, I didn't expect it to be so explicit. Mm. Um, and it is, and you, you see blowjobs, see um, the guys naked all the time. All the, the guys naked all the time. It's a real queer gaze, really, like a real gay male gaze, actually, you know, on the action, which I think is lovely to see, and much more unusual. It's, it seems like unfiltered. Uh, I think for the era, that might not be that unusual. I don't know about Portuguese cinema particularly, or Portuguese culture particularly, but, but this was around the time of the sort of new French extremity, right? The kind of early 2000s. I, I suppose so. Yes, that's an interesting thought. Uh, it's also... It's ten years after New Queer Cinema. And even New Queer Cinema was not sexually explicit in the way that this is. Mm. I mean, 
you know, you see a hard on and you see the, the guy wanking, really, you know, so, and I, so, yeah, so I, I suppose, uh, um, so I think the new French extremity, like, in tone, is completely the opposite of this. That had, like, a, a harsh kind of crudeness, mm-hmm. you know, whereas actually this is, um, this is very stylized, this film, I think. Yeah. Um, so, so, you know, I think I, I, I found it unusual, and I think I found it kind of um, really beautiful. Um, you know, the images, I think, are extraordinary. Uh, and I think even the way that the film proceeds, you know, because it proceeds as kind of like one fantasy against another, and, it, and it's, it's kind of unfiltered, really, you know. And by that I mean that, you know, the film basically um, culminates in a kind of rape, so, you know, this guy is obsessed with this straight motorcyclist, tries to pick him up, stalks him at his house, pees all over his bed like a dog would marking mm-hmm. his territory, you know, but none of that works, really. Um, and basically, he then kind of kidnaps him, right? And it, it feels like a kind of a fantasy in which, you know, even a rape fantasy is unfiltered right mm. you know and, and actually it's kind of very interesting because those things trail off you know like they do in kind of sexual dreams or something right like like you know so yeah. so in a way that's kind of what you were saying that it's not cohesive you know but I think it is coherent yeah so in terms of if you look at it only in terms of plot then obviously no things come and go and they trail off you know um, but I think it's kind of coherent in terms of tone and feeling and kind of as an up uh, as a as a as an exploration of you know a set of desires that almost increase and kind of an explode really um, and that are quite transgressive really you know so he's thought to be the girlfriend of this guy you know he tells the girlfriend that his fantasy is to have their boss fucking her to see you know to see uh, her being fucked by his boss in fact the boss is fucking her. But actually, what we found out is that the boss is also fucking him, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and, and in a way that hurts him, yeah? So, you know, kind of... So there's a, a kind of... There's both a kind of a sadomasochistic element to it, mm. yes? Uh, and there's also a kind of... Uh, um, oh, sorry, there's a masochistic element to it, and there's also a sadistic element to it, i.e., you know, something like the rape, right? Yeah. So it's almost like the film is, is showing you like a full gamut of, you know, various fantasies and desires that kind of seem to be lived by this character almost in a 24-hour period. The, fe- the feeling, the film has a feeling, yeah, because it goes into the night, you know, and then kind of ends up in the daytime, right? Yeah. Um, and it's very animalistic, yeah? So kind of at the end of the film where you have like this figure that is kind of, like we were saying, like Venom, He's dressed yeah. in this latex suit, and suit. Got, including a, a mask that covers a his mask, head. A mask, yeah. Wandering the city, mm-hmm. right? And what is he looking for? Or what is he escaping, right? Like, yeah. And he doesn't walk like, he doesn't, he doesn't walk upright, he kind of lumbers. Mm. He's hunched as he does that. Yeah, and there's out. images that I think are just really potent and poetic and beautiful, you know, because kind of, um, you know, the thing is that he's got, he's got all these desires... In a, in a culture in which he's allowed none of them, right? So there's that image where he actually, the police handcuff him, but then leave him handcuffed, and he tries to escape his handcuffs. And then you have him running in this beautifully composed image where 
you know, half the frame, you know, it's like this tunnel, but it's composed, you know, of blocks, you know, that create this design. And he's running handcuffed from the back, yeah, across these spaces. I just thought that was like beautiful, mm. you know, uh, and suggestive. And then you have that, you know, in contrast to, you know, these images of him wandering the city in this rubber suit. Yeah, the rubber suit is glistening, right? But as the day comes on, the image becomes harsher and harsher, right? Mm -hmm. So there's something kind of beautiful and shiny, you know, it's like this bit of glittering light in the darkness that he represents, you know, uh, in yeah, when it's dark. But then as the light comes on, you know, you see the 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 crudeness and uh, uh, of the landscape, and you know, it he he ends up at a at a at a garbage dump, right? Uh, drinking water that he knows will make him ill, and he's ill, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and kind of and yeah, and eating, and then he ends up shitting, and you know, yeah, it's kind and of dragging a rabbit around by the ears, and dragging a rabbit around by the ears, yeah. yeah. Which I th- which I think yeah, you can tell is a real rabbit, and that's. <laughs> harsh yes <laughs> um, sort of twitching yes so so I just think I just think it's like fantastic do you think there is um, there is a way of looking at it in, in that is less positive in its representation of gay people or gay sort of uh, society in that I got the feeling that you could look at it as sort of as he the, the world of the, the gay world is a kind of depraved one, I think. You could, you, you could see that as as he kind of en- as he indulges more and more of his um, sort of fantasies or desires, his behaviour becomes worse, and and that transgression becomes worse, and the kind of it sinks into night more, that sort of thing. Do you think there's a way of looking at it like that that is it's kind of demonising? Well, I mean, I think it depends. A lot of those things will depend on who's watching it. Mm. Uh, I definitely do not think it's demonizing. I think it's celebrating. You know, I think it's 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 kind of celebrating the variety of desires. I mean, you know, that's part of what being a perra or being like an animal or behaving like an animal in that sense is that you act on your desires, right? That you're not censoring them. Now, obviously mm-hmm. you could say kind of, you know, certain censors are necessary if you want to function in society, right? Um, you know, but a lot of those kind of censors are kind of socially imposed Mm. you know as a way of shaming you or making you feel bad for who you are right and i think kind of there there the thing that's wonderful about the film is that it shows that too right yeah you know uh so but i think there's something kind of radiant and subversive and defiant about you know sergio's glance yeah uh and looking back and I think, um, you know, one of the great things about living in the moment that we do, this film would never have been made, like, pre-digital, really, you know, mm-hmm. kind of. Y- you can only make a film like this because it's cheap to make and because there's a niche audience for it. Yeah, was it shot digitally? Do you know I'm not sure, actually. Um, uh, I don't know, um, myself. But. but whether it was or not, kind of... Um, is less important to me than the fact that you know the coming on of digital d- decreased costs yeah, yeah. sure uh, and also kind of new equipment and recording and cameras and so on it made films cheaper yeah. so I think you know this is a film um, you know that could only have been made 
you know, in the moment that it was made and perhaps now, right? But not before. Uh, and also because you have a niche market through, you know, first VHS and then DVDs, yeah, mm-hmm. the kind of, you know, small budget films can be made for a, a niche audience. And also that, you and, know... And the more that they are made, the more uh, uh, sort of... The more you, you can expect them to be made. Exactly. Yeah, when other people are making them, you can expect yours to be made too. But also in terms of what we were talking about Borders yesterday, you know, this is a film where you know, Alexander Astruc's notion of the camera stylo, yeah, that you could write with a camera like you could with a pen. You know, I think we're living in a moment where that's literally true in the sense that, you know, you can make really, really personal films about, you know, it's, it could be like a kind of an autobiographical novella about your desires, right? Mm. It could be like a kind of a genetesque fantasy that you're writing. You can now do that. It's a very, it's a very personal film. It's about sexual fantasies. Right, you know, it's kind of, um, yeah. Mm. So you know, it's not like a blockbuster kind of narrative for the masses, right? Do you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So the difference between a literary novella or something, you know, uh, or Tom you know, Clancy. Yeah, or Tom Clancy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. So this is that type of thing, and it can be done for a niche audience, really. Uh, so, so, and I thought it was just amazing, and I'm very curious to see if he's done anything else. Do you think there's something um, sad about the main character? We've spoken before about the idea of um, gay characters being lonely. Yeah. And um, although he, although he doesn't like, I mean, we talk. If you remember Bohemian Rhapsody, there's a whole thing about him pining for the woman, and there's nothing like that in this. He doesn't pine for anyone. Really. Well, I suppose he he he. he um, he pines, in a sense, for the, uh, the motorcyclist. He, you know, he stalks him. Yes, um, my God. And he's but, so um, starved, you know. But he doesn't have a connection with anyone, you know. Well, he doesn't find one yet. It's true. But actually, the thing that I love about this film is that it's open to all the possibilities. That he's not ashamed of who he is or what he wants, right? So it's clear that he's not finding what he wants, right? Because what you see throughout is like a hunger, you know, and it's almost like the definition of desire. Desire is always that which can, is, remains always unobtainable, right? <laughs> yeah, it's always out of reach, right? So kind of, you know, what you see is kind of like this guy's desires in operation and kind of, you know, in changing and so on, right? And, and you literally see that hunger, that licking of the bathroom wall, right? Like, yeah, so... Um, now, well, I suppose that's what I what I was getting at when I said that early on I I wanted more definition to him. Like I would I, I feel like I was missing definition to to what he wanted as opposed to how he wanted. Well, what he wants is sex. Mm. Yeah, like yeah, it's that's it. Yeah, right. Uh, and and actually, this is what I was saying. It kind of you know reminded me of sometimes my feeling, you know, when you're a young man, it's like kind of you. Were, you know, it's almost like, I don't know, your temperature would rise or something. Like, all of a sudden you were horny and you didn't know what to do with yourself, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you know. Um, which sometimes led to kind of things that were difficult to explain. Like, <laughs> you know, you'd go clubbing in Coventry and wake up in Manchester somehow, right? Yeah. And you think, you know, you wake up the next morning and you think, what the fuck did I do? <laughs> like, you know, as soon as, like, kind of, you know, your desire is fulfilled, then all of a sudden it's like you feel the guilt and remorse and how did I end up here? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the moment but, of clarity. Yeah, but in that moment where you're just, like, high on desire or buoyed by desire or looking for release, 
It's like it occupies a different mental space, really. And I think the film is all about that particular mental space. It is. But I think it kind of leaves him in a place where he's lost. You know, that, that final shot of him running out the door and looking left, looking right, and not yes, really knowing where to being go. being hunted. Yes. Yeah. He, um, he ends up lost and... and it's not. I don't think it's a happy ending. No, no, if no. I can use that phrase. <laughs> no, and and I th- I'm not sure that the film is celebratory of it. Mm. You know, um, and I think it's clear that it's a very homophobic place he is inhabiting, mm. right? Like you know, it's all glances and toilets and yeah, like uh, um, you know. If you look at the wrong guy the wrong way, you will get beaten up. Exactly. Yeah, but that's the reality of most people. I've yeah. I mean, look what's happening in Poland and so on. Right, so, um, you know, so, and what I love about the film is it doesn't negate any of that. And also, it's a film that if you had some right-wing homophobic poll look at it, it would absolutely uh, um, uh, fulfill every single one of his prejudices about gay people. Yeah, There's you, no could, qu- you could just list what happens in every scene and yeah. just print it in the Daily Mail and go exactly. horrible, crude. Exactly, yeah. right? You know, so uh, it, it's definitely, but that's what I think makes the film A, so subversive, and B, so great that it exists and that it's so poetic with what it does. Yeah, because I think it's a film full of freedom, really. Mm. But if you were the Daily Mail reader, you might look at it and go, well, this is a guy encased by his desires and but unable have, to do it. We have to get rid of this what will the Daily Mail No, no, say, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying know. it in... A, I'm, uh, I'm just I'm, I'm offering that slightly different reading that says there is a different interpretation. Well, like, I mean, I think he... T- towards the end of the film when he's he's in this latex suit, there's, you know, it's, it, it, there's something it's extraordinarily restrictive about that and he's kind of... Um, he's he's behind sort of chain-link fences and things. Yes. You know, and th- that's imagery that struck me yes. as kind of someone who's trying to break out but there's a, there's a kind of imprisonment he's been contained yeah you know? so you know the suit is both a fetish you know but the fetish of the suit is that of containment of having the body kind of contained and having it sweat and having it restrained and you know having it hemmed in right like yeah. you know I mean kind of uh, uh, you know kind of people use talcum powder to get into it and you know um <laughs> and so on so yeah I mean it's so tight that uh, uh, you know but I, but again I think that's a that's like an incredibly potent image mm. you know kind of this man in the rubber in a rubber suit kind of you know r- running through all the sewers and <laughs> dumps and you know uh, alleyways of Lisbon yeah kind of uh, uh, yeah like on the one hand he's everywhere he's invisible He's oppressed, but also he's kind of hunted and on the hunt, mm. right? I mean, there's kind there's, of there's something too that, that. that is like it's not where he would ideally be. And I know we're talking about sort of this is where society, you could say this is where society has forced him to, you know, this kind of being on the run. And the only way he can be, the only way he can sort of live out his desires leads him to here because of the constraints that society puts on him. Yes, but also I think there's this feeling that, you know, I mean, so much about kind of, um, and, and rightly, but so much of the coverage in the media about gay, gays and lesbians now has been about assimilation, right? About kind of about getting married and being like everybody else, mm. right? And this is a film that also asserts a kind of a radical difference, right? 
kind of yeah, yeah he doesn't want what everybody else wants I mean you know or at least not at this point in his life yeah mm -hmm. kind of you know at this point in his life he's sniffing out sex that's what he wants yeah right and he kind of makes himself vulnerable you know in a very brave way in all kinds of different ways in order to kind of fulfill that desire in a way that is very animalistic but that nonetheless is also very human I think was it you who shared that article from maybe the New York Times about Pete uh, Pete Buttigieg is that how you pronounce his name one of the one of the um, US Democratic presidential candidates and how he he's gay oh um, yes but maybe. He's, he's like really white bread like I, I mean actually before you shared that article I didn't know he was gay yes. and the idea the idea of the article is to say that like it, he is so assimilated this is the only way that kind of being gay is kind of palatable yes in, and, kind of and, and even then it's not really palatable so but this film doesn't have any truck with that it starts off something very queer really yeah it's like you know dog-like perreo like yeah? <laughs> yeah a bitch in heat right it's kind of yeah, yeah or a dog in heat uh, uh, a female dog in heat uh, uh, is you know the the recurrent concept in the film um, mm. yeah and I think it's I, yeah, I think it's a great film I think I might see it again it does I don't have a kind of brief look around and I think it might be a sign of, you know, the time sort of twenty years ago because this is where all these reviews come from. But deeply negative reviews from almost everybody. Ah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'm not. I They're all wrong. <laughs> well, you know, they very well might be, but I think I think that's you know, talking about the context of the time. That's why it kind of struck me as something very, um, uh, as you said, subversive, and I said defiant. You know, the, the kind of the explicitness, like it, it would look. You could make the same film today, but the context in which the film would kind of enter, you know, the, the context of the audience that would see it would be very different because, although it, it would remain very explicit and kind of shockingly so, um, I think there's kind of more uh, uh, more acceptance of it or people would be more willing to not kind of take against it immediately. I'm not sure. I have done back then. I mean, I think this is a film that would probably cause a Twitter storm, right? And you could just imagine, like, rape. Yeah, mm. like, no black people. Yeah, you know, kind of, yeah. Uh, Like, all kinds of... Doesn't represent enough people. Yeah, it could be all kinds of things. Um, <laughs> but, you know... That, it does strike me as a film that is very much a product of the context of its time, it seems to me. Well, but I think, all, you know, for me, seeing it now, I, st I think it's one of the films that has spoken most directly to me as a sexual being with a sexual history. Yeah. You know, that I have very rarely seen that kind of representation of, like, you know, desire, right? Like, uh, uh, what desire is or can be, you know, for at least a certain kind of gay man, uh, you know, particularly, yeah, young maybe on the, uh, in the closet or on the verge of coming out and, you know, with a very kind of homophobic, in a very homophobic culture or something, right? And how those things kind of get worked through in, you know, uh, or they're embodied, right? Like how, what they feel like, yeah, in mm -hmm. a kind of an embodied way. I think the film conveys that to me very palpably. Yeah, there's no kind of need to talk anything through or explain yourself or think through your actions in this, like, we talk, if we think about other other kind of gay films that, that we've seen that we've really liked, like 120 Beats Per Minute and stuff, mm. like they um, they don't 
quite embody that that just they're all about talking about it yes you know and this is um this guy's just like, why do we need to yeah you know just well, live it this isn't so much i mean it's a kind of story it is a story so there is ter- storytelling involved but i think it's about the conveyance of a certain kind of sexual dreamscape yeah of a certain kind of of fantasy yeah mm-hmm. of of, a, of that kind of feeling of of you know of horniness really um so so it kind of it's it operates and it's structured differently you know than a conventional narrative yeah mm. uh, so so things don't cohere in terms of a story but they are coherent in terms of a fantasy or a dream feeling mm. and actually i think that's what makes it so incredibly um successful for me yeah and kind of rare yeah that's good all right well you can all watch it on movie <laughs> it's still got a few weeks to go uh it's a rare opportunity so do you know it, i think particularly if you're gay and if you're interested in if you're a gay man interested in films this is unmissable yes let me just double check how long it has left on movie uh 16 days as we record this podcast will be out in a couple of days so you've got two weeks left to watch it yes uh so you're welcome <laughs> uh, we are eavesdropping at the movies and we are on uh, iTunes SoundCloud and YouTube uh, on social media we're on Facebook and Twitter and the website is eavesdroppingatthemovies.com thank you very much for listening bye bye <laughs>